Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zone and dogs are aliens. <laughs> I'm one of your Stanomorphs, Em. And I'm another of your Stanomorphs, Anna. Uh, this week, we are here with book number 10, The Android, which is a Marco POV. Ooh. Big number 10. <laughs> Finally using that appropriately. Yeah, right. We should say of the Animorph series by K.A. Applegate, which we read every other week on this podcast. Mm, yes, this is true. You should know that by now. Fake shelf aware fan. I don't know. This could be someone's first episode. Oh, it's a weird one to pick. Welcome. Okay. Please do not be put off by my hostility. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, OK, so we're a fifth of the way through. Well, roughly a fifth of the way through the just regular Animorph series. I was going to say, not counting Megamorphs, any of the The Chronicles, Chronicles. or Alternamorphs, which I don't know if we've discussed if we're going to cover Alternamorphs. We'll have to do that off the mic at some point, because I am willing to read any and all Animorphs literature. I think if we're doing an Alternamorphs, I think the first one, if we're following the usually recommended chronology, is coming up pretty soon. Oh, sweet. They're apparently very bad. (laughs) Wikipedia says... (laughs) They had no actual effect on the continuity of the storylines in the Animorphs books. It's fine. It'll be it'll be interesting to do a choose your own adventure book. Yeah, we'll have to discuss how we're gonna incorporate mm-hmm. that. Um, but for right now, like you said, fifth of the way through the main canon. Yes, which is weird because I feel like in universe only a month or two has passed. I'm sure it's longer, but it feels like there hasn't been a significant. Mm-hmm. Um, period of time that has passed yet and i know that this goes until they are like for several years because they age up by the end Mm -hmm. of it but yeah we are really just trucking along at a clip here because i think that like um most of the books i know the last one we read was like oh it had been a couple days since the last thing happened Mm -hmm. and some of the others have mentioned that too it's like oh it's been a week since the last adventure so it does seem like it's been maybe 10 weeks yeah yeah and so i don't know like should we be expecting a huge time skip to be coming up here soon i don't know are they just gonna start spreading them out a little bit more i don't know i don't know what to what to expect in regards to that i guess we'll have to read on to find out (laughs) (laughs) i guess we're gonna (laughs) so this book though what did you think about it what are your initial thoughts um huge revelations in this book just agreed i mind blown i thought i wasn't gonna like this one they always do this to me they make me think with the first half they had me in the first half where i'm just like oh this is this is another filler this is boring and then just shit goes down shit goes down all around town and i look like a clown (laughs) yes 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 there's always this like halfway point in the books where it just like turns on itself and you're like, oh shit, there's so much meaning to all of these things. Except the last book. That was just a stink joke. I disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was literally a stink joke. <laughs> yeah. But no, this one had so much lore that just yes. blown apart the entire universe. Introducing new alien species that may or may not be relevant further on in the series. We got two new alien species, sort of. Yes. Um, well, well three, three, I guess, technically, three. if mm-hmm. you count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chi, the Pemalites, and the Howlers. We got a lot of philosophical bullshit, which everyone knows is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I did. I liked it more in this book than I did in the last book. It had more of an effect on the plot. Yes, and I think it held a little bit more weight to it for me personally. I was just like, yeah, this is a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough jibber-jabber, I guess. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's. So it's a Marco POV. Marco wants to go to a music festival. And he convinces Jake, who like kind of gave Cassie and Rachel a hard time in the last book, that they should morph into dogs so they can get into the music festival without paying. And Jake is like lured in under the promise that they'll be able to hear Offspring play. So that's a choice on Jake's part. Which, okay. Jake is garbage um i also though kind of question their choice of dogs because like i feel like dog ears wouldn't enjoy nine inch nails yeah no i think marco realizes that like when the music starts and he's like ah my ears 
(laughs) (laughs) But I feel like that's a thing they probably, like, Jake owns a dog. You'd think he would be like, hmm, dog doesn't really like like the vacuum. He's probably not going to like this amount of noise either. (laughs) Yeah. Marco is completely controlled by his 13-year-old libido, which is gross. But, like, he's like, "Mm, girls think dogs are cute. I want them to think I'm cute. I will become a dog at a place where there are as many girls, which is a music festival. Which, okay, so we've talked about Jake's fetishes. I mean, is this, like, a fetish of Marco's, do we think? Is he just, like, a weird exhibitionist? Like, not really, because that's not what it is. I mean, I think he definitely discovered one, because he's, like, he gets, like, petted as a dog. Like, this woman comes up and starts petting him, and he's, like, Mm -hmm. blissed out. He thinks this is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Right. So this could be the start of something new. He's going to have to talk to Cassie about this. I mean, I know which fetish I would pick if I was Cassie, but. Honestly, yes, it's not Bugs. (laughs) (laughs) you're on a hot date with your 13 year old boyfriend what would you rather the two of you turn into cockroaches irish setters Mm. i mean you've already got the lady in the tramp moment as a what's the word i'm looking for a mold for uh romantic dog dates so like this is what what are cockroaches supposed to do on a date they're gonna eat so much of spaghetti Marco comes across an old friend he thought had moved away. Eric, spelled E-R-E-K, which I hate. Here's the thing with that spelling. Uh-huh. It's just, it's just, guys, it's just Yerk without the Y <laughs> and a couple of the letters moved around. Hi, I'm Yerk. I mean, Eric. And I mean... <laughs> There's only so many letters. Apologies to any Eric's who spell their name that way, I guess. I guess, but come on. Eric is passing out flyers for the sharing, which as we know is like this creepy cult that the Yerks started in order to get members to join. And Mm -hmm. Marco's dog nose notices that Eric smells like absolutely nothing. He lacks a scent. So Which I don't think having read the rest of the book. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think that holds up, and we can get into that later, but pin in that. because he had a bunch of dogs peeing on him all day long, I bet, (laughs) but, you know. So they decide to track down Eric to find out what is up with that, and as they're stalking him, they see Eric get hit by a literal bus. (laughs) 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 And at first they're like, oh shit, Eric, No! But then they realize Eric is okay. And actually, at the moment when he got hit by the bus, it was like an image flickered, and he wasn't human. It was like he was a machine or maybe a robot. But I don't know what that could be, like a robot that looks like a human. I don't think there are any words for this concept in the human language. I mean, okay. In your everyday life where you're a regular teenager and you see a kid get hit by a bus and he kind of looks like a robot, maybe your first thought won't be Android. But if you are a teenager who's been handed this very high-tech alien technology where you can turn into any animals, I don't know. Maybe if you see a human that when they get hit by a bus looks like a robot instead of a human, you kind of understand what that is. Maybe. 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 Like, even Axe is like, I don't know, man. A robot that looks like a human? Never heard of that. But then later on in the book, he's like, oh, yeah, Android. Duh. Guys, duh. Android. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to justify it, but I don't think there really is a justification. I think that we just have to accept these guys are dumb. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all just very stupid at the beginning of this book. So They're very stupid in most of the books, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So Marco calls Jacob on the phone and Tom answers, his older brother, who is a human controller. And Tom is all like, you should come to our barbecue, Marco. We're having a barbecue at the lake. It's going to be so fun. And you should totally bring your papa. We would love to host you and your papa at our lake barbecue. Please come. This is the most bizarre invitation any person, controller or otherwise, has ever offered to another person. Because Tom is like... Tom's like, hey, we're having this super cool, chill hangout by the lake. Um, There's going to be a ton of hot babes there, Marco. You should come. 
And you should bring your dad. To <laughs> Maybe he could also meet someone. I think with it's hot time. babes. <laughs> Who are presumably age appropriate for you, Marco, a 13 year old boy, <laughs> and not age appropriate for your dad, an old man. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the fact that your papa now works on military secrets, Marco, I promise. Like, I get, I get, I get that Tom's like, I gotta get to Marco's dad. But in what universe is the best way to go about that? Not, hey, Marco. You come to the party with the hot babes at the lake, and then I'll put a yerk in your butt, and then, like, (laughs) (laughs) you can, you and the yerk can go home and yerk your father. But instead, hey, Marco, please bring your middle-aged father to a party (laughs) with hot babes at the lake. There's going to be more girls than guys there, so you need to bring more guys. Bring your papa. (laughs) (laughs) Bring bring daddy. Yikes. Oh, not a good look, Tom. Not a good look. <laughs> so he turns Tom down or I don't know. He, he says something. But basically, Jay picks up the phone and Marco is like screaming at him. They will not take my papa. I will not let them. No. Jake is like, shut the <laughs> no, fuck papa. up. <laughs> they use this information. They're like, mm, Tom's having a big party at the lake. Bet that Yerk man Eric will be there. I bet he's real evil. Let's find out what his deal is and they're like hmm going out to the woods what could we go undercover as those skunks we just acquired in the last book no the dogs we just acquired earlier in this book no we're gonna be bugs (laughs) we're gonna be bugs they they could have been any number of birds honestly they have seagulls but they become wolf spiders and then so they're like, okay, Marco and Axe are going in. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like they're they're in this meeting, and it's like, okay, guys, what do we want to do to 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 scope out the lake? Um, I don't know. Should we do seagulls? No, seagulls usually are further out. Okay, Jake. Okay. Um, should we do like I don't know, wolves, wolf spiders, wolf spiders? Is that what you said? No, Jake. I definitely to- super didn't say wolf spiders. I just said wolves. <laughs> Oh, I thought I thought you said wolf spiders. I thought I heard a spiders in there. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I heard you. I think it was your idea. I think Marco Marco, didn't you hear didn't you hear Cassie say wolf spiders? No, Jacob, I super didn't. <laughs> but like guys, we've done six legs. I really wouldn't want eight legs now. Can we do spiders? Good, we're going with spiders. I'm the leader. Shut up, Marco. I'm the leader. <laughs> so, but then only two of them go in. As spider. So they need Axe there because of his Andalite knowledge, I guess. And then they draw straws to see who goes in as the other spider. And Jake's all pissy, probably, because Marco draws the short straw and also has to go in as a spider. I'm actually really starting to suspect that Jake's fetish isn't simply... It's we. It was too simplistic. We thought it was just bugs. That's, that's too simplistic. His fetish is forcing other people to turn into oh bugs. Oh, my God, Jake, Because no. he keeps doing this draw straws thing. Jake, you need consent. Marco was obviously not on board with this plan. He is very terrified of becoming a spider. And then Jake is like, you guys will need backup. I'll come with you as a fly. The fly we've already determined can do nothing. Jacob. Jake, Jake, please. At least he didn't choose flea again. That's true. It could have been worse. He could have gone ant. And then Axe, like, they're like, hmm, we're becoming small. Axe is like, I hate being a small thing because you know what happens when you're a small thing? He just drops this bomb on them as they're becoming small things. He's like, do you ever wonder about where your mask goes? They're like, no, this is like magic to us. What are you talking about? And Axe is like, well, <laughs> when you become a small thing, your excess mass goes into zero space. And they're like, oh, well, that sounds weird. Like. What if a ship runs into it or something? Because that's where the ships go, right? They go into zero space. And Axe is like, no, you silly human. They wouldn't run into your extra mass. They would dissolve it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Axe is making this shit up to fuck with them. Because because he's like, well, there's a set amount of mass and mass can't be created or destroyed. Okay, cool. Got it. 
So like when you become something small, your extra bits go to zero space. Okay, that's wild, but also does lead to the question, where the fuck are they getting the elephant bits from, y'all? That was my like, question. What? what happens when you become a big boy, Axe? <laughs> what happened when Visor 3 became an alien the size of like a huge building? What? Where? Whose extra bits are Does those? It, is it hollow inside? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's just some poor alien out there who suddenly like had half of his body gone. Maybe that's part of what um, the whole like Andalite process of you touch the magic cube and it gives you morph powers or whatever mm-hmm. is. Is it just like? blast you with some extra like uh 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 molecules you just like suddenly become super dense (laughs) i'm just dense with molecules right now you guys (laughs) so thick so thick with molecules I think you're right, though. I think this must be another one of Axe's jokes. I think he must have been, like, reading some joke books from the library. First, he was like, I'm going to pull that joke on Visser 3 about grape juice. And now I'm going to trick Marco into thinking that part of his body could become dissolved at any moment. (laughs) He's been hanging out with Marco, and Marco is king of jokes. So, like, this is true. he has to become king of jokes. Coming for his crown. The prince of jokes, I think you mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the spider boys go peep on the party, and as they're... <laughs> I don't know why that phrasing was so funny to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's also a thing, though, in this book, is that they're like, we need something with really good eyesight, spiders, because they have eight eyes. Yes, they're like, we need to see through his hologram. I don't know much about spiders. I don't think they have that good of vision, do they? Are they like... Like, I know they have extra eyes, but isn't their eyesight, like, real whack? Like, I thought it was, like, weird and not good at seeing things. Do spiders have good eyesight? I might be making a complete spider. The first Google, Google result. Spiders usually have eight eyes, but few have good eyesight. They rely yeah. instead on touch, vibration, okay. and taste stimuli to navigate and find their prey. So Let's they have the extra spiders. eyes because they're just so shitty. They're so bad. So wolf spiders hunt in the moonlight using four large posterior eyes lined with a highly reflective layer to help them see prey moving in the low light. Okay, but here's what I just found under which spider has the best eyesight. Jumping spider, number one. But even that, it says they have sharp color vision and are good at distinguishing different shapes. So is a baby. (laughs) Not at first, though. Right. Okay. So like an eight. Yeah. Yeah. But still a baby. Clearly, there are other animals that are better at seeing things than spiders. Even the best spider is not as good. Let's see. How many colors can spiders see? Well, here's the real question. Can spiders see holograms? Jumping spiders can see in color. That's it. That's it. I think really what they should have done is said, because here, so... The whole thing is a hologram, right? And they're like, we need to see through this hologram. So they could have justified this as being like, we need something with super shitty eyesight so that it can't pick up the hologram bits. Yes. And then the spider would have made sense. But like, you're going to come in here and tell me you need something with good eyesight. And so you're going to pick a spider. I just, it seemed wrong. My spidey sense was tingling. I thought it was wrong. (laughs) And having Googled it, it was wrong. I'm going to morph into an x-ray. That way I can x-ray Eric. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what animal has the best eyesight hawks how dare you question tobias oh yeah i mean it's eagles and falcons apparently according to some website not hawks mantis shrimp they're up there they should have become on land shrimp I mean, a shrimp is basically a bug of the ocean so pretty much jake should be satisfied with that yeah lots of legs to work with <laughs> for all of his dark machinations <laughs> so the spider boys are i don't know where you're cutting this i'm gonna say it again the spider boys are peeping on the party and all of a sudden this big crow comes and gobbles up spider marco have they not learned yet about the thing about being bugs is how vulnerable you are as a bug how many things eat bugs 
How many times do you desperately have to demorph as you are dying inside of your your buggy body? I don't understand. Which I I get that it's small and it's good for stealth. I do. But it's also small and bad at walking like big distances because it's small. It's very tiny. So it's not that good for stealth. Surely a, a snake. A snake, a snake is an snake option. Is so good. There are mice. Mm-hmm. Other... A deer, probably. You could be a deer. You're not going to get eaten by a crow if you're a deer. 100%. That's the thing. They're like, mm, let's become spiders in a place where all of their natural predators live. Spiders, good for inside buildings. Bad for out in the wild where mm. they die all the time. <laughs> so, yes, Marco demorphs while inside the crow, which assumably makes the crow just explode from the neck. He is falling to the sky No, he's falling out of the sky. He's falling out of the sky into the earth. And he's like demorphing the whole way. So he doesn't finish demorphing until he hits the ground. So I don't know how much of this can be explained away. Like he's 100% fine. He can walk away from this. I don't know how much of that can be explained away by him like still being slightly in a morph. Which like, wouldn't it be better to just, I guess because he was panicking because he was like dying. I don't yes. know, but I feel like it would have been better to just stay spider, get fucked up as spider, and then morph once you get as fucked up as possible. Which, like, I feel like a spider wouldn't get that fucked up from dropping that high. I don't know. I don't know how spiders work. Well, they that comes back later is because they make some big jumps as spiders. And they're like, we're so small. Yeah. It hurt. You know what you never see? A spider walking around with a cast on. You know why? Because it's not going to break its leg from jumping from a bird. True neck. story. That is the only reason why spiders don't have casts. <laughs> they, you heard it here they first. Make, they make thread. They could make casts You're right. if they needed You're right. them. I'm they the don't. <laughs> Marco is laying on this forest floor, and when he opens his eyes, who else but Eric is standing above him. Uh-oh, cover's blown. Marco, you done goofed. Everyone knows now. <laughs> and Eric's like, Marco, please bring all the other bandalites to my home. I'm not evil. I pinky promise. <laughs> so they go to there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they did leave Rachel outside as protection. <laughs> they left Rachel outside. And they do this thing a lot where they're like, we have no other choice. And I'm like, you do have... Some other choices, though. Yes. Like, for sure. Because they're like, okay, Eric knows who Marco is and know that he's a Bandalite, so he could turn him into Visser 3 at any time. So we have to go, like, talk to him to see what his deal is. Um, or you could just, I don't know, have Marco morph into literally anything and go into hiding. Like, you you yes. don't, because they're like, oh, Marco, you would definitely crack under torture. Marco, like, knows this. And <laughs> Marco, for sure weak. I would crack. And, like... Just don't, just don't. I mean, I get that we need to do this to move the plot along. <laughs> but like the premise that this is literally your only other choice is not true. And only you have only arrived at that premise because your leader is bad at strategy and planning. Extremely. His idea of being backup was turning into a fly. Which what, what was he even going to do? <laughs> he was going to buzz around their face in a really annoying manner. Also, you know what's suspicious since they're also constantly like, we have to make sure we don't arise, we don't uh, get, what is the word I'm looking for? Arise suspicion? That doesn't make sense. Arouse. Arouse, thank you. We have to make sure we don't arouse suspicion by hanging out together or being an animal that wouldn't be in that place. You know what would be a fucking wild thing to see? A couple of wolf spiders making their way through their world with their pal, the housefly. Making their way downtown, walking fast. (laughs) (laughs) Truly a Jake plan. This was this a Jake written all over it. (laughs) So they go to Eric's house and his dad answers the door and his dad's like, do you guys like dogs? And Cassie's like, I fucking love dogs, you fucking moron. He's like, good, you've passed our test. Cassie's like, <laughs> Cassie's like, I've been training for this moment my whole life. Wait, guys, I love dogs. I got this, guys. Yes. <laughs> like, what if they were Yerks, though, and they went to this house, and they're like, 
the the you know androids who we will discover their real names in a second but the androids are like okay they gotta pass our super secret test to make sure that they're trustworthy mm-hmm. y'all like dogs and the yurks were just like i guess yeah i mean yeah sure yeah 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 i guess yeah sure and the a- androids are like seems legit seems legit checks out welcome to our super secret base <laughs> These guys are cool. They love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> These androids must have been so down when the movie Must Love Dogs came out. They're like, finally, someone gets it. <laughs> no, they wrote and produced that movie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> they have like set out to destroy every every studio that has made a film where the dog dies at the end. <laughs> Eric's dad takes them into the super secret bunker in their basement that's just like a huge field full of androids and dogs at play and it turns out Eric is from an android race called the Chi who were created by the Pemalites which are or were an extremely peaceful fun loving race of alien who looked and acted like dogs (laughs) okay 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 dogs that could walk on two legs Walk on two legs. It's, it's not insane. Oh, I bet they were so cute. Listen, I love them. <laughs> well, that's too bad because the Pemalites were attacked and destroyed by a race known as the Howlers. So sucks to suck. <laughs> the Chi and a few Pemalites fled to Earth. But all the Pemalites died because they picked up a disease from the Howlers. It's very sad. But before they, like, I guess completely die, the Chi take the soul of the Pemalites and put them inside wolves. And that's how Earth got dogs. That's how dogs happen, guys. (laughs) And as a result, all dogs, all dogs are aliens, I think. I thought you were going to say all dogs go to heaven. Oh, no, definitely not. No, they don't. Aliens are not in heaven. Don't be stupid. No. But that is that is the premise that this is saying, right? That, like, all modern dogs are descended from these initial yes. Pemalite wolves. Yes. And so all modern dogs have a part of Pemalite soul in them. Yes. And are therefore kind of aliens. But also not. Totally not But wild. also kind of. <laughs> so that's wild. <laughs> All dogs are aliens. I don't... Yeah. It tracks. I mean, here... If someone had told me... You know what? I was going to say, if someone had told me that by book 10 of book 10... Or, yeah, book 10 of this book... No, book 10 of this It would be revealed that all dogs are aliens. I would think it was that they were lying to me. But actually, I don't think I would because whales are gods. So, you know, whatever. Anything goes. (laughs) Whales are all-knowing beings. Dogs are aliens. What's next? (laughs) giraffes are part of some sort of alien mob they're like bootlegging i don't know they're just hiding they're hiding all of the the goods in that neck what else did you think that neck was for oh god eric tells the morphs that they want to help well some of them they're torn the chi are torn some of them want to help fight the yerks like physically fight but the other chi are like, the Pemalites made us, they programmed us so we would be always peaceful. Violence is against our creed. We cannot do an attack. Very bad. And so Eric is like, well, why don't you guys, you teenage animorphs, go get the special Pemalite stone that the Yerks have found. By the way, they found this stone. We need you to get this Pemalite stone so that we can rewrite our programming so that we may do an attack upon them. Also, as further incentive, this Pemalite stone is important because the Yerks can use it to infiltrate every computer on the planet. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. And also, the Pemalite stone is heavily guarded in a pitch black room covered in lasers that will trigger an alarm at any sign of light or motion. So, we did not get a cool heist novel. Instead, we got Everyone Turns Into Bats. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. Did they... 
Did they pick up bats before this? No, this was their first. Because they said something about, like, they didn't have the... Did they have the acquisition scene in this one? Did I just skip over it? They... I don't think they... they said, like... I don't think it was explicit. I think they were just like, well, we, you know, we all took it, and then we were going to practice. They were just like, yeah, we got a bat earlier. Then we couldn't practice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I was... I was kind of, like, trying to remember when they were last bats, and I couldn't, because... I think I must have skipped over the part where they said they were going to pick up bat in this Mm -hmm. one. So I was like, when did they become bats? And then I was like, oh, good. We're just going to like pull out random animals and we're not going to have to do the whole explanation of how they got the animal. (laughs) Nope. Good. This is what I want. (laughs) But. Well, they kind of did. (laughs) They have the whole like Cassie lives in a barn thing going for them. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of animals that would have been really good to use at the lake in order to see through a hologram, probably a bat with their echolocation. Mm. This is a good utility morph. I don't know why we hadn't done this sooner. Good at stealth, bigger than fast, bigger than a bug. (laughs) Eats bugs. Eats bugs. So got that going for it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Echolocation's always good. Good hearing. And it's a flying one. Fast. Yeah. So. They they do have a lot of fl- I I think we need to take a second to just like kind of talk about the structure of the their team at yes. the moment cuz I I just feel like we're lacking some like really obvious utilities here. Okay. And again, this is goes back to my they should be touching every animal always thing. Mhm. Mhm. But so we've got flying pretty much covered, I think. I think with bats cuz they had some owls already, so I think with bats we've really got like nocturnal and uh, you know, daytime covered yes. on flying. We've got the though. I will support. say, I would like to see them all become like ducks or geese or something, so they have an excuse to all be together. Mm-hmm. That bird watchers won't be like, Aquatic. "Wow, a bald eagle, a peregrine falcon, two ospreys, yes. and a red-tailed hawk flying together." Or like some sparrows, because you know what's fucking everywhere? Sparrows. sparrows like, what are we doing? True. true. There's there's a lot of like flocking birds that they could be. Yes. Like, you know, they could go pick up that crow that like uh. Marco busted out of earlier and is now dying on the forest <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Why didn't he just acquire the crow while he was inside of it? <laughs> do you think you can do that? Can you acquire while you're not in your prime form, I guess? We wouldn't know because Jake's never tried. Because <laughs> Jake's an idiot. <laughs> okay, so we've got we've got Ariel pretty much covered, although they could pick some that makes sense for them to be in a yes. group. Um, we got fish. I think they're really... We've got... I was going to say they've got fish, but like we're really lacking in amphibian, right? Like, I don't think we don't have anything that goes from aquatic to uh, like land. I would love to see some alligators. We need alligators. We need frogs or newts, Mm -hmm. something like that. Those are really good at hiding. I don't know if alligators would work because they're in California. So like that might be an issue in terms of. But also Yerks are stupid, so it's probably fine. Yeah, uh, this is we don't know. <laughs> but yeah, they really need to work on that. Um, land-wise, I think they need more herd animals. Like yes, they need, they like, need that more deer. just like natural to the area, not a tiger, not a gorilla sort of animal. Yes. They've got, they've got wolves, which is good for attack, but like not very good for stealth. Yeah, exactly. Right? And also, like, all the Yerks know that they can be wolves. So, like, that's pretty much done. <laughs> yeah, that cover is blown. You need a new you need a new predator. And they all need something fast. So, like, Cassie's got the horse. Mm-hmm. You all need something along those lines that can go for a great distance for a long time. That's not a wolf because, again, the wolf cover is blown. They should all be horses. They should all pick – They should, they should, all, should all pick up everything. They should all be and they should all be horses. They should all touch axe and become andalites just in case. Yeah, and then, like – Duh, because then, wow, duh, guys, because they should, they should just be Andalites. You know what they should do is they should, they should be fucking Andalites and they should stay Andalites for over two hours. Because, you know what? They can just morph from, like, could, could that, well, I guess they'd have to get the box back and retouch the box. If you got stuck, maybe this will eventually be answered. Axe, who already has the ability to morph, Mm. is it in his DNA? Mm. I don't know. Does do you okay so okay so you get <laughs> if you get stuck in a morph for two hours you can't morph anymore and that's true for andalites as well 
So if you are morphing into an Andalite that can also morph, do you retain the power to morph post two hours? Or is it just you're done morphing after two hours? All morphing ability is gone. I think this is probably a conversation that they need to have with Axe, who is the person that would know. Yeah. They, I don't, to my knowledge, it definitely should have at Tobias least come up. has like never in the text been like, yo, Axe, what do you do with peeps like me? Because they had a name. He had a name for what Tobias became. I don't remember what it was, mm-hmm. but he named it. So they have a name for it. So it must happen. There has to be some kind of solution, right? Well, I would think the solution, because the magic box, I don't think that the Give morphing the ability box. is genetic. Right. It's the box. So you have to, it's like, you have to do the box to start your morphing stuff. Yes. I guess. So, because why would they have that unless the Andalites also needed it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like they would have prepped that for humans. So, Andalites also use that to kick off their morphing, I think. Which would mean, if someone gets stuck, could you just give them the box again and then they have morphing powers again? Or is it like a one and done? I don't know. I feel like I have a little bit of insight into this, so I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for not spoiling it. I appreciate that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... They're bats now. Well, no, they're not bats yet because they have to turn into bugs a fucking again in this episode. God. So they they want to sneak into this building where the stone is being held. And so they turn into spiders and cockroaches. You know, they couldn't all just be spiders. They're like, we're going to turn into spiders so that we could create ropes for the cockroaches to climb down on. Why don't you all just become spiders? Why are you making this so complicated? I don't know. Also, again... I I get that they're in a position that probably isn't going to be seen by people from the outside. But if you guys are so fucking worried about being caught, you know what? You know what would be suspicious? It's a fucking cockroach tightrope walk. (laughs) What are we doing? Oh, my God. I just... There is a chase scene here where they're almost eaten by a rat. Why didn't they just become rats? Jake, why do you sabotage every plan by becoming a bug? I don't understand. You, we, we need to hold a vote. Animorphs, you need to get together, maybe without Jake, and talk about this because it's becoming a huge problem. It really is. It's, it's, I don't want to kink shame here on this podcast, but, you know, it's one thing to have a bug fetish. There's a time and place, though, Jake. Yes, there, there's a time and place. Number one, you need people's consent. You can't True. keep forcing them to be bugs. Exactly. Number two... You can't you can't let your kink get in the way of living your life, man. You just you got to stop and think about finding a healthier outlet for your desires. Yes. yes. If you just like inundate yourself with this bug thing, you're going to get tired of it and then what will bring you joy? Jake, nothing. How will you get your high? <laughs> He's just got keeps he has to become smaller and smaller bugs to feel anything. <laughs> Jake's final form is a tardigrade. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And he's just going to stay that way. He's going to be a tardigrade for over two hours and no one heard from him again. It's going to be the last book is going to be like, they're finally fighting the war. They finished. Everything's like wrapped up. This is Jake's POV, of course. And like, it's going to be the like Captain America moment of like spoilers for, for end game. If anybody cares at this point, um, Where it's like him going back in time to be with the one that he loves, except it's Jake becoming a tardigrade. <laughs> Falling in love like, with yes, another tardigrade. This is, this is me now. Having a tardigrade <laughs> family. He lives a whole life as a tardigrade. Ugh. Those suckers live a long time, too, I think. We should all be tardigrades. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so they sneak in the building. There's a chase scene with the rat. And then they're almost burned alive by a furnace because their plan is bad. But they finally make it to the room the stone is being held in. And they morph into their bats. They use their echolocation to dodge all the lasers that will set off alarms and to see in the dark and whatever. And they get to the stone. But then they realize the biggest flaw in their plan, which is that none of them can carry the stone out because they are just stupid little bats that need echolocation. (laughs) Can't carry the bat or can't carry the stone in your mouth because you need that mouth. To do your little squeaky sounds. Can't carry the stone in your feet because your feet's is too small. I also, though, feel like 
this wasn't a big deal if they had just like thought about it. Like, yeah, okay, they can't carry it in their mouth because of echolocation. But it's like you could just carry it in. One person could pick it up. And I think this is pretty much what they end up doing, right? It's like one person picks it up and then the others echolocate and they get out that. No, because they end up fighting their way out, don't they? Yes. Yeah, that's their big plan after this. But like what they could have just done, this is really what this podcast is turning into is us just making better battle plans for the Animorphs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, If they had thought of this ahead of time and realized bats don't have hands, um, (laughs) they could have been like, one of us will pick up the thing with our mouth. The other ones will fly in a circle around that bat and use our echolocation to guide it. Instead Uh, of. Yeah, because they can hear each other's echolocations. Bad, dumb plans, guys. Dumb plans. <laughs> God damn it. Just think think more than literally five seconds ahead, Jacob, please. I know. Honestly, they they just go with Rachel's plan, which I love Rachel to death. But her plan is fight. We got to fight. I'm, I'm jonesing for a fight. I got to turn into my bear. So- Rachel wants to bite something or punch something or murder. <laughs> Rachel's only purpose in life is to punch. <laughs> <laughs> so they turn into their most powerful morphs and charge out of the room. It doesn't go well. The alarm sound, there's a shit ton of controllers all over the place, and Hork Bajir attack them. And the fight goes very bad. Uh, to the point where Gorilla Marco receives a killing blow. Like, there's he gets many gruesome injuries here. There's one where, like, a Hork Bajir just punches a hole through him. And he's looking down, and he's like, there's a hole through my whole gorilla body right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> poor Marco. Don't this you hate when that now. happens? A hundred percent. It's like the worst. It ruins your total, your entire outfit. It's just destroyed. <laughs> but with it, with with Gorilla Marco's last dying breath, he was able to give the stone to Eric, who just was there? Question mark. Don't know why. And then he passes out. Fade to black. Marco awakes in the forest, being told that Eric had to jumpstart his heart because he had literally fucking died. He had died. Also, Axe had his arm chopped off, and they had to reattach Axe's arm. Which, again, brings up the question, why doesn't Axe have another morph so that he can take some damage? Why doesn't Axe... Here's... I know I talked about this last episode, how all of the Andalites, as soon as they are capable of touching the magic box should start acquiring morphs. One of the first morphs Andalites should acquire is another fucking Andalite. Yeah. Just learn to be dad. Learn to be mom. It's fine. Then you can morph into the bigger, more powerful Andalite and beat some people up. So you're not a literal teenage Andalite in a fight, which probably isn't as good as a full grown one anyway. And uh, then if you get your whole fucking head chopped off, you can just turn back into yourself and your head's magically reattached because that's how morphing works. I think, though, that they need, like, there there needs to be a specific battle andalite that they all morph into that looks the same because mm. otherwise you can just commit murders as, like, your dad. <laughs> now <laughs> dad I'm, did it. I'm realizing that. <laughs> I'm realizing that what I really want is like an Andalite Sherlock Holmes murder mystery series. Oh, 100%. <laughs> that would be so difficult because you could morph into anything, Em. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing the Andalites are so noble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonder there's not more Andalite crime. From way back when, my theory that the Andalites are secretly evil. So, I mean... Maybe. maybe. Who knows? Maybe. So Eric was able to rewrite his programming at the last minute. And he just completely decimated the human and hork forces. In minutes. Hey, y'all. You know what? Pemelites. Pemelites, my friends. You know what a bad programming choice is for your crazy strong robots that you don't want to kill anybody? Letting them be able to reprogram themselves. <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah, you should have taken I know that knowledge it worked away. out good. It worked out good for, like, the Animorphs this time around. But, like, also, if your whole thing is, like, we don't want them to ever commit murder, which we get into kind of, like, 
the Pemelites seem to not really be doing that to protect the rest of everything, but to protect the innocence of their best friends, the faithful Chi. But like, if that's your whole vibe, like you don't believe in like violence and murder Mm -hmm. and you really want to make sure that that sticks, like definitely if you're going to program a thing to not ever commit violence and that's a capability you have, it seems like programming them so they can't reprogram themselves is probably also a thing you should do. I don't think the Pemelites had a lot of foresight in this. They probably thought that they were going to live forever as the cheerful little dogs that they were and that she would never have any reason to reprogram themselves. (laughs) It just seems like that should be a basic thing. Maybe I I just want to put that out into the world. Any programmers out there include that if you're gonna make an android include that don't let them reprogram i can't reprogram myself they shouldn't get to reprogram themselves i have to deal with all my fucked up shit why do they get to just (laughs) just use their magic stone if you lived in a cyberpunk world though em you could program yourself to do anything that's true that's true you're right (laughs) point for cyberpunk (laughs) damn it (laughs) eric however is unable to live with the guilt of taking so much life he's like guys my plan was bad i'm gonna have to come up with more peaceful ways of helping you guys which was my whole thing in the first place like okay you are non-violent but there's still a ton of shit you can do to fuck up their plans by being non-violent so eric has already infiltrated the yerks right so just keep doing mm-hmm. that until you're in charge and then all of a sudden when you're in charge kill all the yerks that's what the yerks did to the humans it's a good plan. Right. Or just use more of your chief friends, put more, like, dilute the population until yeah. it's all cheese, fewer yerks. And also, it seems like they're kind of like, oh, we're nonviolent programming. There's a little bit of leeway there because they're like, at one point, Rachel is supposed to be back up and she they haven't you know emerged from the super secret underground base so like Mm -hmm. she comes running in and eric's father like puts her in a chokehold and like they're they're all like hey that seemed pretty violent though is the thing about that that chokehold that you did (laughs) and he's like well i wasn't gonna actually kill her if she could have killed me i would have just let her and it's like okay okay so it does seem like maybe since you guys are all like super strong there's like definitely some wiggle room here where you yeah. could just i don't know like hold on to the yerks just hold them just hold, hold all them. of them you just you don't have to kill hands. them just pick them up pick them up you know you don't have to be violent just just hold them until they calm down yeah until they starve to death right or here's another another thing about the morality of this Mm-hmm. So the Chi, it's, it's revealed that Eric is undercover as a Yerk because he opened a like spot in his head cavity, his android head cavity, and just keeps the Yerk in there and is able to produce Candrona rays, which as, as Stanomorphs, we all know that Candrona rays are what the Yerks need to live. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That seems like a pretty good bargaining chip that you guys have like. Yeah the ability to create food for them forevermore. It seems like maybe you guys should just be host to the Yerks and like take care of them and everyone can fucking chill. Alternatively, build them bodies, build them robot bodies that Mm. maybe aren't as strong. Yeah. And just like give them those bodies and police them. Yeah. Again, I just feel like we just all need to sit down and talk, and everybody just needs to calm down a little bit. Maybe the Yerks just need a good therapy session, or two, or seven, or a million. Right. I don't know. I I get it's supposed to be like a foil. Like, here we have a sort of like... So the Yerks are the body snatchers, right? But the Chi are also body snatchers in the fact that they can become anyone, and you won't know who is a Chi and who is not, right? Mm-hmm. And the Andalites are also body snatchers. Yes, and the Andalites are also. Everyone's a body snatch. But, like, I guess I don't understand why... Well, maybe maybe that's where this is going. Maybe maybe I'm, like, getting too far ahead of myself. Like, let's just have the chi be, like, the middle ground. You don't need to fight it out all the time in order to take stuff over. Let's let the chi become the main characters now that we follow. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see how they politically outmaneuver the Yerks. 
here on out. Yeah. I will say I really, I like the fact that the Chi have been introduced because I, mm-hmm. it's nice that we have some allies yes. now. That it's not going to be so, ins- hopefully, God, I hope, that it's not going to be so like we have nothing and no one to call on. It's like, okay, well, we've got some other characters we can bring in. Hopefully that'll be and like. And dogs. And dogs. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yeah, so like the Chi, Eric, he sets up this this hotline, I guess. He's like, if I ever have any news, I'll record it here. And if you ever have any news, leave me a message. Uh, I don't know why y'all can't just like be friends. Why can't Eric be a regular? Because cast it would member? be suspicious. So it would suspicious. be suspicious, Anna. <laughs> also, because we're only ten books in, and if we keep adding main characters at this rate, if Eric became a main character, that would be like one new main character for every five books and we would never get anything done. (laughs) True, true. So that's settled. Eric slumps on home, I guess. And the story ends with Marco gives the Pemolite stone to Homer, which we know is Jake's pet dog. And Homer has like Also an alien. Yes, also partially an alien, seems to recognize the stone. And he gently takes it from Marco's grasp and swims to the middle of the lake and assumably hides the stone. But who knows, it's too valuable for us to keep its whereabouts known to the good guys, I guess. I don't know. This was stupid. Marco, whatever. The end. It was very stupid. It was dumb and bad. Why why wouldn't you just keep it in your underwear drawer? Like, whatever. Keep it. Or if we're going to make the argument that it's too dangerous to have around, fucking destroy it. Why are you putting it? This is is a supervillain origin story, Marco. You're a huge nerd. You should know that. Or give it to the Chi so they can make more Chi so that way there's always these android buddies around. Right. Just Whatever. not good. It wasn't good. I This is like Chekhov's Pemolite Stone, I'm pretty sure. We will never hear from the Pemolite Stone ever again. That's one of my <laughs> It was hidden too well by Homer the dog, who's also maybe alien. Well. What are our segments? Speaking of predictions. Yes, yes. Uh, here's what I think. And I hope I'm wrong about this one, but this is on kind of a meta level. Um, I am going to go ahead and predict that the Chi are going to be vastly underused in this series because (laughs) I feel like I, as a person who, as we all know, came into this not knowing much about Animorphs, having never read any of the books, there were still certain things that I knew that had permeated the zeitgeist. I knew that there was a boy who was a hawk and that people loved him and he was an emo hawk boy. Um, I vaguely knew his name was Tobias. I knew that they turned into animals. Um, I knew that there were the two girls, like that sort of thing. I feel that if alien dogs, alien dog robots were a large part of this book, I would have heard about it. So I think that probably the Chi are not going to show up that much. That is extremely disappointing. I <laughs> I agree, though. I, I, I think they'll be underutilized because, and you know why? Why? Because Jake is still alive, and he's still their leader. <laughs> They're not bugs, so how Jake. can they be useful to me? They're magical robots with super strength, but not but a bug. not bugs. And so... Ugh. Although I will say there was some stuff in this book about um, Eric and his relationship. That sounds weird, but his relationship with Marco and Marco's mom, that yeah. he could have prevented Marco's mom from either being yerked or faking her own death. That stuff was, yes. I, I hope that that gets explored. That was just hinted at. There's also some real wild stuff about Marco's parents and their relationship. Mm. Because like... We get this part from Marco's dad where he's like, oh, yeah, me and your mom, we used to fight all the time. And then like a couple of years before she died, we got along super great and we're super in love. And then she like died. So like Marco's like, oh, that was when she was yerked. Like how fucked up is that, though? Like Extremely. even if they get Marco's mom back, like Marco's dad it, it seems like, and I mean, that's pretty fucked up on Marco's dad's part that he was like more in love with the Yerk version, but it seems like he was more in love with the Yerk version. Yeah, yeah. I think even if she does come back, they have to stay apart. Like Personally, if I came back and heard from my partner that he liked it better, he liked me better when there was a bug in my brain... I would definitely be staying apart from that Well, she partner. saw it all happen, right? She knows. Mm-hmm. 
and was like fighting to protect him the whole time because she broke out the one point, which this kind of does put a little bit of a kibosh on my uh, Visser one is secretly on team mm. humans, although maybe not, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. But there, uh, Marco's dad regales us with uh, a time that she warned him not to work on military projects and that they wouldn't come for him if he did that. And Marco realizes that that was his mother breaking through and being like, trying to keep his dad safe. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, she was like in this bug brain or like with this bug in her brain being like tormented and not being able to control her own body and having to watch all of this and like fighting to try to warn her husband and her husband's there like, Oh, she argues with me less. I'm loving this. Of course. <laughs> Men, am I right? <laughs> Gosh. Well, besides Marco's mom, who's your most valuable morph? <laughs> oh gosh, I almost want to say Eric. I know he's not a morph. I, but I like, kind of want to say that too. Right? Like he did the most in this. He was really trying, and he was the most interesting, like character-wise. I, I feel like Marco. Real, I, I like Marco still, but he was pretty one note in this. He didn't really go through much. Um. Mm-hmm. I feel like Eric was kind of more the one going through character development, which is a weird choice for a character who's just been introduced in book 10 and presumably won't be a main character for the rest of the series. Sorry, Eric. Yeah. I feel like Eric was really kind of holding up the, the emotional core of this book. Yeah. And he went on a big journey on his own. He went through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't... Jake was useless as always. Rachel did the grizzly bear thing, but it was her idea to just fight their way through. Cassie came up with bats, but yeah. Axe, maybe Axe again. Axe <laughs> he had his arm torn off for the cause and reattached. Yeah, so. give, him, give him points for that. He was yeah. a brave boy. He's an extremely brave boy. I'm so proud of Axe. Mm-hmm. He's doing great. You're doing great, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Axe getting his arm torn off and reattached, what about those morbid <laughs> moments? <laughs> Was that yours? No, I think mine, my morbid moment was, I think when they came to the realization that they would have to fight their way out, even though it was like not a good plan, but the fact that like these 13 year olds and an alien were like, well, this is what it's come down to. It's, you know, kind of like a last stand sort of thing. We got to get this diamond stone to them at any cost. Let's become our big boys and axe and let's go for it. <laughs> no, no. It's a pretty big moment. Yeah. I mean, I think we see, we're see we seeing more and more of these, uh, them having to make these tough calls as we go on. And they're just little kids. They're just babies. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I kind of had two. I'll try to be brief with them. The moment Eric losing his innocence was a big one for me, like in terms of like morbid in the sense of like depressing and you know, whatever. Marco's like talking to him about it. And Eric's like, I can't forget any of that because I'm an Android. Like you're a human. You, you forget stuff. Like you don't remember. And like, essentially Eric now has to live with these memories in like vivid detail for the rest of his essentially eternal life. And Mm -hmm. he doesn't, he's neither prepared to cope with that. And he doesn't have anyone who can help him cope with that. So, like, that was incredibly depressing. Yeah. And I feel so bad for poor, Eric. Poor Eric. Eric's whole life is fucked now. Yeah, they kind of, yeah. Mm. But also Marco bursting out of that crow neck because, like, I have a thing about people touching my neck. I don't like it. And so, like, I had a visceral reaction <laughs> to the idea of something inside of my throat bursting through my throat. Like, that was incredibly disgusting Yeah, that's kind of me. gross. Do I mean, it was also, also gross from... Marco's perspective I guess unless you're into Vore but like yeah not not a fan (laughs) well I guess we're done with the android then yeah I think so it was a journey so next week we're kicking off Anna's new unit which uh if you recall is on survival books starting with the classic hatchet by Gary Paulson Gary Paulson and then the week the week after that we will be uh, back with Animorphs number 11, which is a Jake POV titled The Forgotten. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Looks interesting. I hate to be intrigued by Jake. I know. He always does that to us, though. We always think we'll hate it, and then we do We do enjoy the ride. We, we don't... Wait. Despite Jake, we yeah. end up enjoying it. Yes. 
He sucks. Jake is still bad. He's a garbage baby. He's a garbage boy. He's my garbage boy. I love him. But he's a garbage boy, but his books usually have good plots. Mm -hmm. Very true. In the meantime, if you need to get in touch with us about your series theories, your Stanimorphs ravings, whatever it is that comes to your mind that you would like us to know, you can email us at why am I? I keep doing the email first. You can tweet at us at shelfawarecast, or you can email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com. Uh, as always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can find his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are available on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, it's probably because you're a yerk. So sorry. <laughs> sorry for your luck, my friend. <laughs> uh, if you use Apple Podcasts, We'd very much appreciate a five-star review. If you don't use Apple Podcasts, though, that's a-okay because you can talk about us anywhere on the internet that you would like. You could even talk about us in real life if that wouldn't embarrass you too much to let all of your friends and loved ones know that you listen to a podcast about a 90s middle-grade science fiction series. (laughs) In the words of Marco, no bugs, okay? All I'm saying is no more insect morphs. Is that too much to ask? Is it, Jake? Is it too much to ask? I don't know what I'm going to use for the stingers for either of these. We'll see. I think dogs should vote. (laughs) 